Good morning, people. Welcome back. Episode 7. Yes, First Word Podcast. Your boy, as always, First Letter. Now, this has been an interesting few weeks for me in terms of what's been going on in pop culture. All I've been keeping up with for the past three weeks were the free agency acquisitions within the NBA. And man, I got to tell you, I'm shocked. It's been a few days now and I'm still shocked and I'm a little um, confused by the news that I received uh, this past weekend about LeBron James and his decision to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers for a four year contract. And I believe it was somewhere in the in the price range of one hundred and fifty four million dollars. I'm I'm not really too certain on that so don't crucify me if i got the numbers wrong but yeah lebron's now officially a a los angeles laker and i'm scratching my head in regards to why he made that decision but a part of me kind of understands that because i didn't look at los angeles last year as a contender um i actually thought they were pretty much a joke uh with the way that they played alonzo ball was for lack of better words, a disappointment. I was very upset with the way that he played and carried himself. That Kuzma guy that they have on that team, I believe he can develop into something um, worth keeping around and he could potentially help uh, LeBron out. Excuse me. But a part of me also kind of understands LeBron's decision and why he opted to go to Los Angeles in the first place. I think LeBron knows that this is the beginning stages of the ending of his career in terms of a basketball player, and he may be trying to set up or have a smooth transition into something else in his life, something bigger, because to my knowledge, LeBron is pursuing an acting career Uh, He already has a film and television production company, which is pretty successful. And he also has Space Jam 2, which I don't know if a lot of you guys knew was in the works, but Space Jam 2, the sequel to the Michael Jordan joint, is actually uh, up next for him. Now, there was a lot of things being leaked in regards to his decision and... We were actually supposed to get a trailer for Space Jam, but LeBron and his team actually pulled it at the last second because the whole rollout with his decision was it was going to be like some grand epic type of event that he wanted to share with the world. But he was going to do so. And he was also going to debut a teaser trailer for Space Jam 2. But again, the internet has a way of fucking spoiling everything. So, yeah, we didn't get that. But I just hope that, you know, my faith in LeBron can still... How should I put this? My faith in LeBron can still be upheld because he's a very smart man. And LeBron's not going to do anything like sign with a basketball team just because. There's something strategic in his decision-making. And Magic Johnson and him have something bigger planned, I guess, that they haven't disclosed to the general public yet. But my question with all of this is, 
Who are they going to bring over there to help him? I, I know that Javel McGee has signed and Rajon Rondo has signed as well. That's okay. And those guys are okay. Not to discredit them. They are okay. But what else can you bring to the table when you have a star player like LeBron who demands to have an all-around team, you know, as his, as his supporting cast? That's the question. Now, Kawhi Leonard is still in limbo as to where he wants to play next season. You know, it would be nice if the Lakers could acquire him. But the question is, what type of Kawhi Leonard are they going to get come next season? You know, will he be better than what we saw him do throughout his career with the Spurs or will he be just one of those run-of-the-mill type of guys who just plays the, the the background while LeBron basically you know is put to the forefront for this team whatever the Lakers choose to do I hope that they do it in a smart manner I mean Lonzo Ball can learn a lot from having a guy like LeBron grooming him in terms of his ball playing skills and it would actually take some of the focus away from the antics off the court with the, that whole family, you know, with the father being as very loud and outspoken as he is. It kind of takes away from, you know, the basketball aspect of that family in regards to Lonzo. But I think um, having LeBron there, you know, it would help him out in terms of a lot of things. You know, uh, LeBron is a very seasoned guy now in this league. He's been in the league for 12 plus years. So, you know, it always helps to have a guy like that in the locker room and also, you know, sitting on the bench with you, you know, to coach you, um, guide you through your mistakes and to help you develop better as a player. So I'm excited to see how that's going to work out. But again, who are they going to put there in place to take the load off of LeBron? Isaiah Thomas ain't going to do it. And I really think that when it comes time for more people to be shipped out of L.A., Isaiah Thomas probably will end up on the chopping block yet again, just like he did in Cleveland. But LeBron James aside, Golden State. Okay, and I got to talk about the Warriors. And I don't know what's going on with the league, but there should be some type of regulations or some type of restrictions with players just banning up the way that they are doing over there in Golden State. Now, the DeMarcus Cousins acquisition comes about because the Lakers actually wanted DeMarcus Cousins, and I believe DeMarcus Cousins wanted to come to the Lakers, and he, he wanted to play next to LeBron, but, you know, Magic Johnson and everyone in the Lakers' um, home office, they weren't willing to wait until DeMarcus got better with this injury situation. You know, they didn't, they didn't want to take a chance. And I kind of understand it from a business aspect. But let's see if that will come back to bite them in the ass, you know, come midseason going towards that whole playoff run. You know, DeMarcus Cousin adds a lot more depth to an already blown out fucking Golden State roster. I mean, it's like the super, super squad in the West is like... I don't know. It's like it's lopsided, man. It's not like how it was years ago when I was coming up, when there was Jordan, there was 
Joe Dumars, Grant Hill, Scotty, you know, so many of these guys, Shaq, and, you know, I can go on and on. But the level of competition was spread out and it was even. You know, it's not like that anymore. You have guys that just want to band together because of money and they want to take the easy way out or the fastest route to get in the fucking championship. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not judging because it's 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 a decision that you have to make and live with because it's your life. However, you choose to get to that championship. It's not on me or any other sports fan to actually criticize. You know, it's not my place to judge a guy. For taking a shortcut, if that's what he wants to do to get his ring, you know, if you can find a way to condense seasons upon season upon seasons worth of work and chop that down into one business decision where it lands you on a team that has the potential and the capability to actually bring that to you then congratulations i can't judge anybody for how they choose to get their their chip a lot of these players are starting to become self-aware the younger guys at least and they don't want to be caught up in the Carmelo Anthony syndrome is what I like to call this, where you have guys that have been in the league for over 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, and don't have any championships under their belt. Putting a lot of work are great players, you know, all star caliber players, but have no championships. And a lot of these younger guys that are in their latter 20s and who will be approaching their 30s pretty soon, they're starting to realize that. So I guess part of the decision making process when a player sits down with their agent and they say, "Okay, well, damn, Golden State is already blown out in terms of their 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 roster and the superstars they have over there. But I need to get my ring. I need to have some sort of legacy set in place for myself. And I and I kind of understand that. And again, I say the Carmelo Anthony syndrome, not to discredit Carmelo. You know, I love Carmelo. You know, I think he's really dope. And he's one of the ball players that I've followed like LeBron since they got drafted in the league. And I actually followed Carmelo's career since Syracuse. But, you know, a lot of these younger guys are getting hip to what's going on. And, you know, I just would I'm just interested to see how it's going to pan out in terms of golden state and what that brings to their roster with having a player like demarcus cousins around um they all they already kind of rough around the edges you know and they they kind of remind me of how the bad boy pistons were in the late 80s and early 90s in terms of their aggressive style of play and when it comes to playoff and finals basketball but, you know, a lot of people are, are hating on that and they're saying that, you know, the Warriors are just doing this because they're scared of LeBron. I don't think that's the case. I mean, there's not there, there's not a reason to be afraid of LeBron. I mean, LeBron is just a guy on a basketball team. He has superior level skills. Yes, but there's there's no reason to actually fear him. So I don't agree with that theory that a lot of people are um, bringing up. But I don't know, it kind of makes the league a little one-sided. And I don't think I'm going to be watching too much NBA basketball this season because aside from the Lakers, I don't really have anyone to keep up with. 
You know, I, I do hope that they acquire Kawhi Leonard so, you know, it can make things more interesting and it gives LeBron some much needed help. But um, aside from that, you know, I think all of my NBA um, attention will be directed towards 2K19 and Live19 when it comes out later this year. So that's all I'm going to say about that, because I don't want to make this episode about the NBA and turn this into a sports center moment. Excuse me. So also this week. Power returned. That's right. Season five, the first episode. Let's get into this. So on the heels of last season's tragedy with Ghost losing his daughter, Raina. This first episode deals with the funeral and the revenge factor for Ghost, Tommy, and Kanan in their pursuit of Dre. Now, this first episode was intense in its final moments. I would say within its final 10 minutes um, in its runtime. But man, it's one character that, and forgive me for saying this for, for what I'm about to tell you guys, but there's one character in particular that I hope they kill off sooner than later, and it's Tariq. Nigga, I mean, come on. It just, it doesn't get any more frustrating than what I saw for this past, you know, this past week's episode. You know, frustration, I think, would be an understatement because they got so close to actually clipping Dre. And, you know, when they had the, the elaborate um, plan set up in place with Tommy calling the Italians and Kanan calling his people to kind of ambush Dre at the club. But no, Tariq, in an act of defiance, give Dre the heads up and he gets away scot-free. Now, the bullshit about this episode is that final moment where Dre actually shows up at Raina's burial site and he actually sends a stern warning or threat to ghosts while the man is actually staring down at the site where his daughter is being laid to rest. So I like what they have done with this first episode and it's creating the atmosphere it's setting the temperature and the tone for what this season is going to be about and i think it's going to be very intense and it's going to be packed with a lot of um a lot of suspense because this first episode really kind of had me on the edge of my seat you know like as i said within the final 10 minutes of the runtime and um you know i think the writing is getting better you know as opposed to the first uh, few seasons that they've had you know things really kicked up a notch in season four you know where it was like fuck everybody was dying but um i think season five is looking to be just as crazy or it might be way more intense but i really and this is just my personal opinion i really 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 hope that they kill off Tariq because that little nigga deserves it man i have not seen a little nigga so defiant and just wanting to do things to be in the mix to piss off his dad i don't know what's going on with this with this character or the way that they're developing him but Tariq is turning into a little goon and it what's fucked up about it is that ghost has so many internal 
struggles and he has so many internal issues to deal with, you know, with having a broken up home now, the fact that he's been exposed, you know, by his wife for his infidelities, Tariq doesn't respect him for a lot of reasons. Um, one, I guess, would be, you know, for for breaking up the family, because if you guys remember, Ghost brought Tariq and the kids around Angela when they were having their affair. So the resentment that's being harbored by Tariq is coming to the forefront now. And I think we're going to see more of that as time goes on, not only with this season, but if they are granted a season six somewhere down the line. And um, it's really interesting to see this this play out because it, it gives more depth to these characters. You know, the actor that plays Tariq, and I believe the young man's name is uh, Michael Rainey Jr. or something like that. He's doing a great job and, and everyone else on the show is also doing a great job. But I, I'm focused on his character in particular because I think some interesting things are going to come about. And... Um, it's actually starting from this first episode. You know, Ghost has a lot on his plate. And a lot of what's happened to Ghost up to this point is, you know, is of his own doing. It's a lot of what he brought upon himself, you know, because of his selfishness and his wanting to only follow his own tune. You know, he wants to move at his own pace. So a lot of what's happening to him it's kind of like his karma falling back upon him. But yeah, man, this episode was 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 pretty dope. And I'm looking forward to the second episode and beyond that, because, you know, power is becoming one of these episodes. Excuse me. One of these shows where nothing is safe. No one is off limits in terms of who they kill off. So that also is a reason why I'm getting more and more drawn into it, you know, as the weeks are going to progress. But, um, yeah, man, Tariq is, is turning out to be quite a character, man. I'm starting to dislike him almost on the same level that I dislike Dre now, you know. But um, we'll see what happens, you know, the second episode and how they continue to, you know, write his character and, and, and the devious deeds that are going to be carried out by this little nigga. But moving along. So that weird ass soundbite that you guys just heard is me transitioning this episode from talking to you about some sensible shit to talking to you about the most dumb and downright stupid shit that took place within this week as well. Now, Instagram personality and resident coon, Boont Gang, got his IG account deleted. That's right. Instagram told him to get the fuck out of here after he posted five minutes worth of amateur porn through his IG or his Instagram live feed. Now, for those of you who don't know who this young man is that I'm speaking about, he made a name for himself and got a little popular for doing the most outlandishly buffoonish clown like idiotic behavior and doing things like stealing from stores and different merchants and running away and stealing on people and just doing a bunch of clown shit, honestly, and basically being a stereotype and a trope for what a lot of society believes that young black males are in this country. So to make a long story short, 
This nigga went on Instagram Live and posted multiple vids of him and a stripper in a motel just basically getting a fuck on, okay? It's, it's nothing short of that. It wasn't classy. Nothing about this said that it was... Um, you know, it, it, was, it was just tasteless, you know, for lack of better words. And he did so... And he and it was done in a manner where I guess he believed that Instagram was going to let this shit rock and they was going to let this fly. You know, honestly, it, it's it's messed up because it goes to show you that this society that we're in, you have people that are jumping out the window and they want to be famous so bad that they're willing to do things like this. You know, they're willing to go on. Instagram, they're willing to go on these social media platforms and they're willing to sell their souls and basically show their ass, literally show their ass, you know, no self-respect, no type of moral compass whatsoever. And, you know, no, nowhere did I think, you know, this was appropriate and it made me uncomfortable and it's embarrassing for us as a culture because this is the shit that we have out here to say like oh you know this is this is what the young people this is what represents our young people you know or this is the face of our new generation it's very shameful man it was some disgraceful shit and you know i don't know if i can attribute it to maybe drugs you know maybe being the cause or the catalyst for this type of behavior or what but I do believe that young man needs some professional fucking help. And maybe this is a blessing. And Instagram will keep his account deleted for as long as possible so that he can figure out some things, you know, maybe with his mental health or figure some things out within his life to get his shit together. Honestly. Because, come on, man. Like, there's enough negative shit, you know, being put to the forefront out here and that the young people especially the young black kids, the young black men, the young black girls out here that they're ingesting and things that are being um, driven into their minds and their subconscious via social media, you know, and radio and music and shit like that. We have enough negative things being drilled into their minds. And this shit just adds to that stupidity, it adds to that negativity. So, you know, I hope that, you know, this young man, Boonk Gang, whatever, he gets his shit together, takes some time, you know, um, I believe he has some mental health issues and, you know, really get right, man. You know, sit down with somebody, get some counseling or some shit, man, because it's just just it's just stupid, man. And I hate seeing stuff like this, man. It's unnecessary. So moving off this bunk gang shit and where I'm going to close out this episode, I know it's should have been a little longer, but. This has been a pretty bland ass week, you know, aside from everything that was going on with LeBron and the NBA and free agency wasn't shit really popping off in, in pop culture. But I want to leave this on this Tory Lanez situation that's developing. And I don't know if you guys are clear about what has been going on, but apparently Tory Lanez did a show in a Toronto nightclub and in the middle of his crowd surfing. He stops and he gets into a violent altercation with one of his fans and to the point where he's snuffing the shit out of one of his fans. And I believe he knocked the guy out um, unconscious. Now, 
I saw a video uh, a couple minutes before I recorded this episode where Tory Lanez is kind of, I guess, and what he thinks is an explanation to what happened. And he's speaking on the situation, but he's not telling us what happened. He's being very vague about the details. Listen, I'll tell you like this from someone who's on the outside looking in. I'm never going to go to a concert, first of all, where the artists are fucking diving on top of me, trying to walk on top of my head and my shoulders. I don't pay for shit like that. And if you go to a concert like that, I don't give a fuck what these artists try to say, like, oh, I'm connecting with my fans and, you know, I'm doing it because it's for the love. That's bullshit. Think about the disrespect that you have to have to step your foot and use someone's fucking head or use someone's shoulders as a step to get to the next person. That's not showing your fans any type of love and appreciation or respect. Now, I understand like some people will actually walk in the crowd and they'll sing their songs or they'll rap their songs, their catalog with the fans that that I can understand. And I and I respect that. And that's something that I can appreciate in regards to you wanting to connect with your fan base. But you walking on a motherfucker and you diving on top of people and stuff like dog they didn't pay their money for you to do shit like that to them i just think it's it's violation and then you took it further by snuffing a dude who to me when i looked at the video that shade room and that um world star put out it wasn't nothing going on i didn't see like no fist being thrown um or anything you didn't get spit on guy didn't throw a bottle at you so it just looked like Tory Lanez found a moment to just wild out. And again, I don't know if, you know, this is me just speculating and I don't know what the case is because I wasn't there. But I don't know if it's the drugs that these artists are on, you know, or what, or if it's the paranoia factor or maybe it was somebody in the crowd that he knew. And Tory said, fuck it, this is my moment to get even on the op. But, you know, again, man, this type of shit, it doesn't add to our culture being looked at in a positive light this shit adds to negativity and you know i wish these artists would take more responsibility and take more accountability for the actions when they go out in public and they do these things man because it makes us look bad as a whole and it makes us look bad as a culture when things like this happen because now this happens in one particular venue with one artist another artist that might be um, who might not be as on that level of success, who might not be as popular or have the fan base as a Tory Lanez, they might not be able to get into this club or book it to do a show to make themselves better, you know, or to bring themselves up and build their fan base. So, you know, we got to think about this and stop being so selfish. You know, money is something, man. Like, you know, everybody talks about being humble. Everybody talks about being appreciative. But Nothing that I saw in that video with, with Tory giving this, you know, young man the beats. I didn't see appreciation. I didn't see fan appreciation in, in no way, shape or form. But again, I wasn't there, so I don't know what the fuck popped off. And I'm going to leave it there. You know, when I get a little bit more information or some something comes to light, you know, with this situation, I'll share it with you guys. But I do know. And I'm smart enough to know this. In a situation like that, Tory, you should have used better judgment because you are going to have to cut a fucking hefty check for that young man that you beat up in the public. Okay?
So, as always, you guys, this is your boy, First Letter, here with First Word Podcast. I thank you for tuning into this episode, although it was really, really short. Episode 8 will be longer, um, and it'll be coming at you fairly soon, all right? So, as always, I want you guys to be kind to each other, be courteous, be mannerly, be respectful, and enjoy your weekend. Put God first, and God bless you all. I'm out.